Hey, great thinkers. I am so excited that you guys have tuned in for the Think Great experience. Uh, this is our way of sharing moments of greatness, you know, with, with people all over the world that have experienced levels of greatness in their lives, whether it's personal or professional, and they're willing to share their insights with us. How great is that? And today I'm excited because I have a friend, a client, uh, somebody who inspires me, Charlie Lawson, who's the owner of GCS Title. And, and Charlie, I just wanted to say thanks so much for being on the show today. And um, perhaps you can and take a moment and talk a little bit about what you do and, and GCS Title. Uh, well, my name is Charlie Lawson. I am the founder and owner of GCS Title. Um, what I do here, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm a leader. Um, I've been developed now by Eric um, to, to lead a group of 35 growing individuals, um, including myself, learning from each other every day. Uh, also a single dad, so that has really honestly kind of sped up my, uh, my learning process um, throughout this whole development um, stage of learning a lot more about myself as a leader, and then also just learning a lot about the people that I kind of surround myself around as well. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, you and I met probably three, four years ago, yep. give yep. or take. Yep. And uh, it was at a big event and you were there and I was there all supporting uh, kind of the veteran community through the VA loan process, yep. an organization called VA rep. And, yep. uh, you know, you have said that you are a, a self-proclaimed extremist. I, correct. You said that from the moment I met with you, <laughs> I think we got together. Sandy lined us up for an appointment at Starbucks. You had bought all my books. Yep. And can you tell me a little bit about your thoughts on being an extremist? What do you mean when you say that? Um, what comes to mind when I say that statement is um, there may be um, something that's going wrong in your life. I take it to the hundredth degree and feel like the sky is falling. Everything is collapsing. It's bigger than what it ever is. Sure. Um, that goes good. And that goes, that goes bad. So um, you magnify things. I, I do. I do. And, and extremist probably isn't, I like the word magnify that it sounds a little bit. Sexy. You're a magnifier. You're yeah, a magnifier. Okay. That's good. Cause we're going to talk about that. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, it, it can be, it can be very detrimental at times and it can be very helpful at times. It, it kind of helps with my enthusiasm here in the office at times, but then I can, I can go in some dark places at times as well. Well, and what I noticed with you is you have a focal point that no matter how bad things get or how bad things are magnified, you're still looking for the positive. You're still looking for ways to overcome, to navigate, and not just you, but your team. And that's what I noticed when I first met you is you do have a priority on teamwork. And, and I think that when, when I've worked with you, when I've worked with your people, and they've all gone through their our courses at Think Great at different levels, um, there is a synergy there. And I believe that you would probably rank teamwork a 10 out of 10, or maybe an 11 out of 10. 100%. Um, how has this last year been? You know, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of the pandemic, March 11th. So, so we're about a week, week and a half away from this, this one year where our whole world's changed, right? Oh. Um, they shifted, there was new variables. So 
what have you done through all of this to help maintain some balance and some direction? Honestly, I, it's been a, it's been a struggle. It's been, it's been good. It's had, it's, it's had its highlights and then it's had its struggle. Um, I would say more of the struggle has been with, with COVID has been trying to keep the team cohesive and together yeah. when I feel like the pressures from the, from the outside, I'll say society and stuff are trying to push us apart. Yeah. And it's been tough that this, this last year, we've had to kind of pivot and move, um, shift, um, in a, in a, in a, place where you don't necessarily know where to shift, when to yeah. shift. Um, so, so it's been a tough thing, but I, I feel our team, we, we've gone through our ups and downs, our highs and lows, extreme highs, magnified highs, magnified lows. Um, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's brought our team together closer yeah. in times where I watch a lot of teams and a lot of people get divided. So, um, we, we've, we've added some great teammates. We've, we've lost some great teammates, yeah. but it, but it really helped us kind of self-reflect on ourselves a lot, sure, and, sure. including myself of saying, who do we want? Who's going to come into the trenches with us? Um, and I feel like it, at the end of the day, I honestly, COVID people have a negative, I, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't generalize that everyone has a negative aspect or outlook on COVID, but, um, I hear a lot of the negative, honestly, I feel like it's, it's helped us and it's helped me just self-reflect a lot more yeah. and, and do a, a lot of stuff with our business to kind of, to kind of help our vision and our mission kind of expand quicker, if that well, makes sense. Yeah. And what I've noticed as a business coach, you know, there's really, in generalizing, there's two types of businesses that have been impacted by COVID. Those that have lost a lot of revenue and those that have actually gained a lot of revenue. Yep. So there's, there, there is almost no business that seems to be right down the middle. I mean, probably a few, but some have either been significantly hurt, which is a rallying point for teams, or some have had exponential growth like yours, yep. which I think sometimes can be hard because now we've got workloads, so we have full plates. So yep. it can almost be more difficult when you've experienced growth through COVID to keep the team together because everybody is, and I know we don't like the word busy, <laughs> but they're productive, but it can be harder to get everybody together when they have so much work they're dealing with. Agreed. Um, what have you had to focus on with your team when workload is so heavy? How do you help keep it all together? Honestly, it's just turning back towards the leaders and it's, and it's looking at leadership development, teamwork. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, with a plug for you is, is it's turning back towards great leaders and helping them deliver messages to the team. Because sometimes what I've, what I've learned throughout this whole process, Eric, is we may be on the same page. We may be speaking the same language to one another, but I'm delivering it to the team way different and it's not heard. So I had to kind of grab my ego, put it in check yeah. and, and, you know, bring, bring you and, and, you know, you know, coach Ange as well, bring yeah. her in and kind of help spread the word and deliver sure. the message. And I, that's up here in my, in between my ears, between the six inches. <laughs> yeah. It's that, that's that first step. That journey begins up there, the way we yep. think about things. So what I'm hearing is, you know, many people have faced 
communication challenges during all this. Yep. That perhaps that might be the biggest challenge. When we look back a year ago, we could communicate a message. And when there weren't the obstacles of COVID or the transitions or civil unrest or an election year, unlike anything we've ever seen, um, the message could get out there. I think there's a lot more filters now. I think it's, I think that people are extra sensitive through chaos to every part of the message. Um, what have you done to make sure that your message is getting out there? How are you fine tuning it? And obviously you're using leaders to help share the yep. message, Yep. right? And we've met with your leaders. We've worked with your leaders. Um, you, you can't put a price tag on a great leader. Nope. But what are some shifts that you've used to get the message out there? Whether it's maybe, are you communicating more often? Are you trying to be more laser focused with what that, what that impact is? What are you doing different now? I would say, well, we brought leadership development in house now with our team. So we're all going through it together consistently. Um, so the word is being spread and we're all getting the message at the same time. And then we get to talk about it. Yeah. Um, also, we've, we've had to kind of pivot and shift with that is, is trying to get our team back into the office and right. gather. Um, so we're all seeing and, and trying, to, trying to break down some of the walls that have been built during this yeah. past year um, just to get the communication back open and flowing once again, natural. Um, these Zoom calls, great. By the way, it, it's, it's awesome seeing your face. It just isn't the same. That's right seeing it live well we'll be we'll be launching the think great experience studio soon so i'll keep you great. posted on that awesome and then we'll be able to stay six feet apart and be in the same room but this so this is just phase one of the <laughs> podcast well you know you actually touched down on something we we have gone through this year of what i call the great obstacle and the obstacle was covid19 and yes there were some other obstacles with it but we're entering the second phase, which is the great transition. And I, and, and exactly what you're saying, most business leaders around the world are struggling with how do we bring everybody back? You know, and, and I think that we're going to have a blended work environment where they, look, there were remote positions before COVID. Yep. But when 62%, according to Gallup, 62% of the workforce was remote about a month after the pandemic was declared, that's a big shift to bring people back. And you could deal with people who have the fear of COVID, people who just like working from home, yep. people who just don't want to do the drive anymore. Yep. And so I agree with you. And I think what I hear you saying is that the greatest forms of cohesion are when everybody's gathered. I 100% feel and agree with that. It's, that's when the teamwork really happens. Yeah. When you're together. So, so let me ask you this. I, I know because I've worked with you for many years and, and, yep. you know, and we've had the opportunity to, to not just connect in the professional setting, but, you know, get out for dinner and drinks and get to know each other. Yep. Um, I know your people are important to you. Maybe, maybe one of the most important factors of what you do are your people. How are you empowering them now or during these challenges, maybe that might be a little different or enhanced from how you used to do it. What are some focal points you have for enhancing your greatest asset, which is your people? I'll tell you what, it's just, it's continually investing in them, um, investing in their coaching, investing in their leadership. Um, just, just I, I'm, when I say extremist magnifier, 
I'm also a little bit of a, I'm also a little bit of an <laughs> extreme magnifier control freak as well. So fair it, enough. It's truly been an experience to let go of some of these things. And hmm. honestly, I think what's what's been great about this this past year is when I say we've had our ups and downs. Um, I'll say especially on the the leadership platform with my directors and my my team leads here is we've had some blowouts and and. Yeah. And ugly blows, and we've come back together, and we've learned to communicate a whole lot better to one another. Um, our main focus here is you—you you don't let anyone get stuck anymore. Like if you—if you start questioning stuff, or if you—if you feel a certain way, so like if you can feel yourself hit the brakes and stop, take your break, but come back in and talk about it because we all have to help each other be better communicators. So I don't know if I'm being a bad communicator or a good communicator because I think every time I deliver a message, it's fantastic and it's a 10. <laughs> what I'm learning to find out is it's really probably a three or a four. And if it's a three or a four, I know it's not doing what it should do. So, so come tell me what I did wrong or what words I'm, I'm, I'm hitting you with that's triggering you or stopping you. So I don't use those so I can learn from them to be better. So I think, especially on the 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 leadership level with the leadership team and the, the directors and the yeah. team is that has become a lot more open, a lot more fluent. So what I'm hearing is you're empowering your leaders to do what leaders should do. Correct. And, and, and I already know the answer to this, but I, I think it's important for our listeners to know you've empowered your leaders to share with you ways you can be better. Well, the 100%. That's the only way to grow. And, and, and now I know your leaders and they're not afraid to tell you either, are they? Uh, no, no. <laughs> but let me ask you this. When, when you have someone like, like Leslie or Krista yep. or Lori or Tara or somebody say to you, here's how you can get better. How did you start to embrace that rather than take it personal? Because I think a lot of leaders, they don't, they say they want that. But I think they get their feelings hurt when somebody says, here's how you can be better. So a lot of us say, well, I'm into self-improvement, self-growth. Tell me what I could do better, but I don't really want to hear it. You've actually encouraged it. And I, and I think that that's what's led to a lot of your greatness is getting that feedback. So how, how did you start to embrace that rather than be threatened by it? Honestly, I, it, a lot of self-reflecting, but it was honestly... To me, it was like, I don't have an ego. I'm, I'm in this box of like, I don't have an ego. And it's, you know, my walls are up. It, it, after I'm, I, and I'll give you a, a ton of credit here. What has helped me are these little talks and these, we call them nuggets, these little yeah. golden nuggets I take away. And when I finally admitted that there was this big thing, an ego sitting on my shoulder, when I got to put that in the box for good, I am telling you, that is where the wonder and the greatness actually started to happen because I was more open to it. Now, it probably honestly really probably hit me just probably a little bit before our meeting was when my son, Brody, um, he was in second grade and he, he hit a teacher. Uh, first grade, sorry. First grade hit a teacher and he got pulled out of school and he had to go to a special school and and it was for 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 uh emotional anger management um 
type of things. And, and going out there and going through that experience as a single dad with him, it was eye opening and enlightening um, that, that, that behavior, not the hitting part, but the, the anger and stuff like that, that's all internal. That's learned. That's him stuffing stuff. And like, like we kind of talked about before is, you know, that that's how we were raised. We were yeah. raised to be the men. Oh, we're Hercules. And, sure. and, and we stuff our feelings and he has helped me grow so much and, and get my walls down because that little guy right there has taught me so much on that level to be a better parent, leader, father for him. Then I throw you in the mix and it's just like elevated everything. Cause then it just starts to all make sense because this isn't just about the business. You can grow on the business yeah. end all you want, but it really becomes when you can grow on the personal and the business. And when that goes like this, the pure I, joy and greatness really happens. I agree. I think the business and the personal side, they, they do merge over. It's in my opinion, it's impossible to really keep them a hundred percent separate. Right. We bring some work you want home. To. Yep. Right. Yeah. We bring some work home with us. We take some feelings from home into work. I mean, it, it happens. So it's about balance, but it's interesting that you mentioned ego. And, and in a number of my books, I talk about ego and I always say ego must go. And that was a theme through our 12 month leadership program that you went through the leadership link. It was yep. ego must go, ego must go. Sometimes we can have ego, but not be aware that it's on us all the time because we've gotten so used to carrying it around. And I think we have this epiphany sometimes where we really look at that leadership trait from the Marine Corps, know yourself, do you have an ego or not? And the key is seek self-improvement. I think that that's where you've done a phenomenal job and also encourage your team to do it too, which is seek self-help, right? Self-improvement, self-growth, self-development. Um, in my opinion, that's one of those first steps towards greatness. Yep. You also, you know, when you mentioned Brody and I've had the opportunity to meet him and he's awesome and you're doing, <laughs> you're doing a phenomenal job with him. I like to say that you know, how we do things as parents or how we do things in business is important. Um, there's also a lot of discussion that why we do things is critical. But I like to say who we do them for. Yeah. That our who is more important than our why. It's more important than what. It's more important than how we do it. And I always encourage people to activate the power of who. It sounds to me like Brody, your son, is at the forefront of your thoughts he is, and I'll tell you, and I, I don't want to screw up this story that you told in one of our leadership links, but it was, it was the story about the who and, and, and how you find out who your who was. Yeah. And it was the jumping into the ice. Yeah. And that resonated so much with me that I yeah. went home that day and I literally, I self-reflect and go, you know what, Th this is my purpose. That's right. After that, everything else kind of falls into place. And you just, you got to allow some of this stuff to happen. So there's a lot of things that motivate us, yeah. but there's nothing that provides that long-term inspiration, like our who, the people that mean the most to us. And I know for you, that's, that's not just Brody, but it starts with Brody and expands yep. out and includes many family and friends and team members. Correct. And, and the story that Charlie's talking about is I always take people on a journey that I told Charlie one time, let's imagine we go on a walk to talk about your goals 
and we end up on the middle of a bridge 30 feet above a frozen river. And I asked you, Charlie, how important are your goals on a scale of one to 10? And you said 10. Yep. And I said, all right, I want you to prove it to me. So I ran down to the ice. I cut a hole in the ice. I removed the, the circular portion of ice. And I said, all right, if your goals are that important, jump in the ice, 30 feet down, jump in this hole. And I can't remember what you told me, but I don't think we you're can crazy here. Yeah, yep. you're crazy. Yep. No way. And I said, all right. I said, what if Brody fell in the hole? And I remember you saying, I'd be over that bridge in a second. Yep. And I said, well, what if I tried to stop you? And you said, that wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> so, so again, when we attach our who to our goals or our who to, to our mission, we can become unstoppable and we'll do things that we probably never thought we'd do before. Yeah. It's, so, uh, it's crazy. Even talking about it, just you bringing that up, uh, resonates, brings a tear, like brings all these emotions and feelings back up. Like, man, you're a different person than you were, you know, a year or two years ago. Just because of that, that story made that much of an impact in my life. But I think, you know, also for you, you were, you were ready to magnify that story in your life. Yeah. You know, a lot of people always say, you know, I, you hear people say, okay, because I'm going to talk about cliches for a second, but yeah. <laughs> there's a couple of them that bug me. <laughs> well, there's yeah. a lot that bug me, but I'll hear people kind of use things in the working out realm, right? Physical fitness. And they'll say, no pain, no gain. And I'm like, all right, I kind of know where you're going, but you shouldn't inflict pain on yourself. Now, yeah. I, I'm more of a mindset when I work out, no soreness, no gain. Okay, yeah. so, I'll, you know, I get it. And then there's another one you hear people say, you got to max it out, max it out, max it out. In my opinion, max out leads to burnout. And, and I think that you hear a lot of cliches that don't serve people the right way. Max out equals burnout. And people can burn out quickly. Yep. What I do, and exactly what you're saying is, I try and magnify every day, just get a little bit better every day, improve a little bit every day. It doesn't have to be this, this huge max out effort, which I think is a cliche that can actually hurt people. Yep. You know, then you got somebody saying, well, I should max out every minute of every day, which leads to burnout. And then they go backwards. So let me, let me ask you a question. I just told you a couple of the cliches yep. that bug me. Are there any cliches that, that you like to use that you've embraced, especially during this, this year of craziness yep. that you've been able to put into practice? Honestly, the, the one that resonates that, that once again, you shared at one of your meetings, it was embrace the suck. And that was one that, that stuck with me. Like, <laughs> like when it gets, when it gets, and it will, because like anything, I, and you bring out working out. Like it sucks. It yeah. sucks. And if you don't embrace it, you're going to quit. That's if you right. embrace it, guess what? You got the six pack abs. And that, I mean, that, that's always time to celebrate. I'm not saying yeah. I, I might not be able to celebrate six pack abs right now, but I'm working at it. <laughs> okay. It, but it, that, me, that one resonates. It does. And it's interesting because I'll, I'll share this leadership message all around the world. And when people share their insights, the number one thing they come out of there with I mean, there's a lot of takeaways, but they'll say embrace the suck really stuck with me. Yep. And, and just for everybody listening, you know, that was a phrase I learned in the Marine Corps because it's okay that not every part of your job is awesome. Some of it sucks. Sometimes life sucks. 
in the last 12 months of COVID-19, there's been a lot of sucks, <laughs> you know, but we have to like, like you're saying, Charlie, we have to embrace the stuff that we don't have any control over. Correct. And when we choose to embrace it, I think that's where our own empowerment is. Now, I'm not saying I like COVID-19 any more than I liked the gas chamber, but you have to embrace those opportunities that exist when you get out of it. I think that's the key. I think, I think you're 100% right. And when you embrace it, that's when your eyes start to open a little bit and, and those opportunities, like you said, just kind of start gleaming at you and they just become brighter. Because but, I got to imagine that when you have, because how many people at GCS title, you have how many team members? We've got 35 teammates. And growing. Yep. 35. Um, you know, when you take 35 people through a journey where there's a lot of suckiness, <laughs> challenges, how easy is it for the culture to shift to one of complaining, whining, if we don't teach them how to embrace the suck or how to seek self-improvement is it easy have you seen that culture is easy to switch to a negative side quickly negative is it's in the world it's easier to grab onto and just enjoy that ride it it's it, it's one of those things like i got a message yesterday that the negative so you hit a negative message yeah. and, and it it's it's so easy to be negative yeah and it just spreads like wildfire we had a client yesterday reach out of their way. And, it, and it's weird to me. Like, like, it, like we, we close multiple transactions every single month. Yeah. And say we get two or three not so hot sure. reviews. I, I continue to tell my team, guess how many positive ones we had? They didn't say anything or they right. actually went out of their way to say something good. But, but a, Fortunately, we grasp onto that negative a whole lot easier than we do the positive. So it's, it's a constant reminder of yeah. saying, hey, we're doing a great job. We're doing a great job. Don't you know, it's, it's, it's almost like if you're, if you're in a boat with your team and there's yeah. a, a whirlpool that wants to suck you down called yep. negativity, yep. the boat will naturally go that way. So, so what I'm hearing is that anytime there's negativity, you have to make a conscious effort to start maneuvering your team away from it. it it's a, it's a lot because of it can, work. The negativity can be pretty all consuming. It's, it's, it's amazing how quick negativity spreads. Yeah. You got to You got to inject and insert positivity as often and as frequently as possible and find those little wins. Well, you also mentioned investing in your team and it's, yep. and you, you invest financially in your team. There's no doubt about that, yep. but investing financially, that's not it. You're investing by spending time with them, communicating with them, getting to know them. I mean, yep. how, how important is it to get to know your team as people, not just as, and I don't like the word employees, but that's for a whole nother conversation, yep. but how important is it just to get to know people? Uh, it's huge. Um, you, you, you're in the trenches with these people, much probably like the Marines. You're in the trenches, mm -hmm. eight, nine, 10 hours a day, five days a week, probably more time here than you spend legitimately with your family. You yeah, need true. to get to know these individuals and, and what makes them tick and what brings them down and what gets them up and, and build yourself like, like you care. They, 
you know, I, I think when you say cliche, like, Hey, we're a family, I, I think it, it's really easy to say, yeah. but I think I feel we've embraced that here. Like, and, and maybe it's just me that I feel this way. And I've got probably deeper issues that I got to talk about with family and stuff like that. But, but it truly is. It, it's, yeah. it's my work family. These are, these are, it's farther than teammates. They got my back. I got theirs. It's an emotional, mental, physically, financial. It. I'm all in. I push the poker chips all in. And I feel the teammates that we have to date and that we continue to onboard, they have that same mentality. And that's, I think that's what separates us and that separates great teams. What, I, what I'm hearing is there's a difference between saying something and actually delivering on it. 100%. Because I feel, you know, when I go into most organizations, they typically will say we have a great team, but they really have a loose collection of employees. Yep. Um, they'll say that they have leaders, but they do no leadership development. They'll say they have a family, but when you assess the team, that's not how the team describes it. Yep. And so, you know, I think taking, you know, actions are worth a thousand words, right? So, so let me ask you this then, are there some specific traits that you have pulled to the forefront right now? Maybe some, some, some leadership traits or characteristics or, 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 you know, ways that you are looking at describing yourself that, that you're focused on more now with that specific trait, maybe, maybe more so now than ever through all the challenges. Uh, I would say, so going through this journey with you, um, core values and leadership traits and mission mm -hmm. and vision have all kind of come to the forefront. And, and, and we initially just went out there and, and got something that, that went with the GCS title. Um, we now currently are in the, the, the shift and pivot kind of remold of going, okay, through, through this whole process and going through this with the team, what is the most important um, values that you want and and things that resonate with me and i'll just go the gcs that to me that mean the world genuine so be mm -hmm. genuine authentic just you don't need to fake to be anyone just just be who you are we're going to accept you just just you don't need to put on a mask you don't have to come here with with the makeup and the clown mask and be like okay i'm the you know what you are who you are and we're accepting you you have that committed committed to your team committed to the, to the vision, committed to the vision, committed to the clients, and then serve. Always be serving, serving people, serving your teammates, serving your family, serving your, your children. Um, those are the three that, honestly, if I were to, if I were to just put it in a box and it was only three, those would be my three because they resonate so much. And, and to find somebody who's genuine, yeah. Most people don't know how to do that in the workplace, right? You, you know, even starting from the interviewing process, it, most of the ways people interview is, you know, kind of pre-formatted where we go in and we help organizations reformat how they interview so they can ask better questions. But, it, you know, it's, it's very cookie cutter, oh. which can be, can, can lead to some inauthentic, inauthentic dialogue Yep. But you know, it's, it's people start off by handing you their resume, which just lists, here's all my best stuff, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean that's all their stuff. 
I think achieving that level of genuineness with your people is so critical for building trust. I think that's one of the things we do very well and our, our team and our leaders do that very well is that I can look at your resume and it can be phenomenal. It, I, to be honest with you, I don't care about the experience as much as I care about the person and who you are. I can train you on all that stuff. My, my leaders can train you. My teammates can train you on all that stuff. Yeah. If you're a good person or if you're not a good person, you're not going to fit our team. If you're a great person, guess what? You're going to fit right in and we can get you up to greatness real easy. Yeah. I think that, you know, as you start to head down this pathway of self-improvement and personal growth, and then that starts to spread through the team, you start to hire people to your culture. How, how critical has that been? When Because, you know, how many times you ever heard somebody say, we're just looking for a warm body? <laughs> We've said it here. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, well, wait a minute. Be careful what you ask for. Well, you probably got a warm body or two, we right? Do. You yep, had one come have. on board. Um, let me ask you a question about greatness. If you're building greatness in an organization, and it is a team effort, how important is it to find a person that's a right fit for the culture? How, how does it feel when you find that person and they you know, kind of seamlessly blend in with your environment? Um, I'm going to tell you, it's a difference maker and a game changer. Um, we, we have found those people. Um, we challenge ourselves a little bit. And I'll say, because of some of the stuff that you said, we challenge ourselves to look outside the box. Because the first thing we want to go with and most, most companies want to go with, experience, experience, experience. Because the work is, the work is the training and all this. We took a different look. I want to say we've got five, I call them greenhorns, but five greenhorn teammates that have literally minimal to zero experience in this industry. Okay. They have been the energy injection that our team as a whole, myself included, needed from a culture standpoint. It has been an absolute game changer hiring for culture. So when you bring people on and they have that energy and that enthusiasm, oh. they, yeah, then, then you make noises like that, right? Oh, God, it's, I got a cowbell <laughs> back here. Like every new person that we bring on that has that, you ring that thing because it, it's, it's amazing what that does for the team and the morale. And everyone wants to work harder for the other teammate, to the person to your left, to the person to your right, it just brings a completely new energy and dynamic to the team. Because sometimes you just get worn down. That's right. And, they and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's taxing when somebody leaves, even wow. if you have to wow. fire them or they, or they quit, yep. even if they leave on good terms and you have that vacancy, it can be taxing from a workload standpoint, but from a morale standpoint. And... I don't think enough leaders spend enough time really analyzing the decision they make when they say, yes, you can join our team. I agree. And we've fallen into that. Yeah. So if, if you have a business leader listening right now, yep. what would be some advice for you on the hiring or onboarding or finding that right person? Are there any questions that you ask? Is there anything you're doing right now different now that you've started to look at things through the leadership lens, 
Yep. What would you recommend as an enhancement to the hiring process if you are finding these great people? I would say, honestly, just, just get down to the nuts and bolts of who they are as a person. And, you know, what do they want? It's got to be a two-way fit. It can't mm-hmm. just be, hey, you do a great job at this work and I just want to work. It, by the way, there's plenty of workers out there. Do you want to be a part of something great? Do you want to be a part of something special? Um, and then to show them, lay them out what we do here. And that that's it. But I would say out of anything, what I've learned, probably the greatest from the hiring experience is hire to your culture. Once you know and you are confident in what your culture is and who you want to be, hire to that. Don't hire to the position. Hire to your culture. Right. The position will get filled with the right culture person. I mean, we may take that as an audio clip, Charlie, and, and, and post that throughout Think Great. That was so well said. Um, you know, when I ran the media company in California, uh, I was guilty of, well, I was guilty of trying to hire somebody too quick, I think, sometimes. And I, and I did hire that warm body. Not that the ad ever said, I'm looking for a warm body, but you know, you're yep. like, I got to fill this position. Yep. Um, there is something to be said when you can find someone who fulfills a purpose. And, and I agree with you. I think there's so many, there's so many worker bees out there, which is great, but you got to decide who you put in your hive, right? You know, and especially if you think about it from this standpoint with 35 people, you know, you add one person, that's a significant increase in personnel, right? In team members. Yep. So, so let me ask you this. If, if you have some, some people listening right now that maybe they're thinking of starting a business or maybe they own a business and they're just trying to take things to the next level. Are there any key lessons or a specific ideology that you say, here's, here's something consider as you head on this pathway to greatness, right? Cause we all want to experience greatness. Yep. We just don't always know where to start. What would be some advice you have for somebody who wants to achieve new levels of greatness? In business or personal? To me, if it's, if I were to start all over and um, I I wouldn't start with the business, I'd start with with me, meaning I would develop me first. I would invest in me of saying, who is this? What do I want to build? Like, like truly, what do I want here? Instead of just putting a, putting a business plan together that, that makes widgets I can make widgets, right? What do I really truly want out of my people? And, and once again, Eric, if, if I were to do this all over again, I would have searched and seeked out a person like you to guide me on that, to help strengthen the, the foundation first on the leadership, the core, the, the, the culture, hmm. what do you want to help me define it better and then go into the, go into the war. And, and I'm telling you, it, we've kind of done things, but backwards and, it, and it's, and it's worked. Yeah. But if I were to say anything, I would say, you got to build your culture foundation, really understand what do you want? What, yeah. like, who do you want? What do you want? And then move forward with your plan. You can make widgets, just make widgets with the right people. I mean, and, and how long have you owned GCS title? When did you launch it? 2007 in the, when the market crashed, when <laughs> there was no business. 
Look at you. You you just jump right in during challenges. That's my extremist magnifier in me. So there you go. That's that's right. You are you are an official magnifier. I think that's going to become one of the um, just like the light bulb for great ideas. I think we're going to use the magnifying glass as one of our uh, unofficial icons of Think Great because I do believe in magnifying our results. But you know what I'm hearing is is that everybody needs to work on themselves. Yep. You know is have you found it's easier to point out how other people can do things better rather than yourself? Um, I'll do this. I'm, I'm a, I would say I'm a little bit different in that aspect. I'm re- and you know, this I'm super hard on myself. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll take the ownership. I'll, I'll look at me first internally. Um, but yeah, the, the finger pointing, I would say before it maybe was a little bit easier yeah. Now it's, it's on me. I I've been developed as a leader to take ownership of everything. I think that's huge. I think we live in a world where there's more finger pointing and blaming and a lack of accountability or ownership or responsibility than ever before in history. Yep. I agree. Um, so to develop that internally in ourselves and then externally with our teams is huge. So you've achieved levels of greatness. You've had your ups and downs as a leader, as a business owner, as a father. Yep. Um, what's, what's the future look like for you guys at, at GCS Title or for you as a leader or you as a father? What is greatness for you in the next few years? Uh, the greatness is, I would say, my plan is to take everything that we've, we've learned and developed here and help take that outward. If it's, if it's outward to take it home to our kids to make them better leaders, um, awesome. Take it home to your family first, take it to our clients, take it to our communities. I, I truly believe the world today needs greater leaders. Um, our leadership is at best weak um, at times in the world. Yeah. Um, and, and we need great leaders leading us. And, and it starts at home with our parents and what we're teaching and guiding our kids, our, our coaches. Like I said, my, my son Brody now plays hockey. I think athletics are probably athletics or any kind of organizational, be it choir, uh, um, chess club. I don't care, be it a sport or anything, be a part of something that has coaches and leaderships guiding yeah, you the, the right way and teaching you wins and losses how, how to accept those, how to grow as a person. I, I don't think we have enough of that. I think the I participation agree. level or, or ribbons is become like the norm. I don't agree with that. That's not how I grew up. You, you got first, second, third, and then it was done. You don't, you don't get another ribbon. It sends the wrong message to me. Right, because if you're not first, you strive to be better. So if everybody gets a participation ribbon or medal or trophy, it could in, inhibit people from trying to be better. Hundred percent. So we could limit them. Um, I I always use a lot of sports analogies because I think that everybody needs a coach. I always say if if Michael Jordan, one of the all time greats, had a coach, that coach was to make him greater. No, I don't think enough business leaders seek out coaching. I agree with you. I think our egos. We'll go back to the ego card. Gets in the way. We become know it alls, and and we come not about leadership. It becomes more about, I know more about the business. I know more about sales. And then, you know what? 
get to know it, your people. It's interesting because you really bring up a, a huge topic. I think if I were to ask every business leader or business owner, can your business be greater? They'll say yes. Very fast. We could be greater. We could do more, accomplish more, achieve more. I think that they're not as fast to say yes when I say, can you be greater? Agreed. So to a certain extent, if you're a business owner or a high level business leader, do you think, because you got me thinking here, do you think most leaders are afraid to ask for help because it'll be viewed as a sign of weakness? Like if I don't know something, uh, people are going to see a weakness in me. Do you think there's a part of people with that ego that they put on a facade? Agreed. That's why genuine is so important to me. It's one of our core values here now. So I think that lip service comes in many things. A lot of people say they have leaders, but it's really a position, not a purpose. A lot of people say they have a family feel, but it's not a good family feel. Um, how important is it to achieve greatness, to give back outside of your organization, like to the community? Uh, it's huge. Um, if you ever watch um, or you ever been a part of something like that, I, and you, you give a great example about the polar plunge, <laughs> not a very fun experience jumping in the lake, but you don't watch one person that jumps in and jumps out of that water without a smile on their face. That is it correct. Is. And, and if people are listening that are not familiar with the polar plunge, I'm from California originally. I live in Minnesota now. I did my first polar plunge just over a year ago. Some very good family friends, the Drentlaws, invited us to participate in the polar plunge. And I said, yes. Uh, what that means is that they cut a hole <laughs> in a frozen lake and you jump in for a good cause, actually for a great cause. And and I did it. I was nervous leading up to it. I would have rather just donated money. Of course, I'm not going to, well, they'll hear it now. I'm not going to tell Anita and Jeremy that I would have rather just donated money. But coming from California, the idea of jumping in a frozen lake didn't make any sense. But, but you know what's crazy is I use that story of cutting the hole in the ice and removing it and jumping in for our who. Um, that's why I did it. Uh, you know, the, the, the charity that they support is for a boy named Chase. And, and it's not like they said to me, hey, I got this great idea in February when it's, you know, below zero, let's jump in a lake. I think I would have said, no, I'm okay. When they shared the story of Chase and his family, that's what got me to say yes. So yes, I guess I actually did fulfill my own um, story of jumping, <laughs> cutting a hole in and jumping in. But let me ask you this. When you do things for the community as a team, yep. are you noticing that it creates new levels of cohesion internally? Oh, Does it help build the team? A hundred percent. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's something that brings us together. Um, it's something that when we do it and we don't do it enough and this yeah, frequently, yeah. but that's, that's part of our plan. That's part of our plan is to, to get us into, into working a 35-hour work week and giving five hours back every week to the community or to, you know, to, to serve, to serve, to serve, because you watch that synergy grow. Um, people so can you, can I just, yep, go ahead. I just want you to explain that because I know about it, but 
when you say the 35 hour work week, you want to be able to allocate five hours a week for your team. Yep. To do what? To give back, to give back to the community, be it. So for example, we do, we build blankets for children's hospitals. And when we do that, we pull that all together. It's usually over the holidays and the Christmas time. Yeah. Um, when we do that, I watch the joy that, and I've seen it now for like the last three years that we've done this. You watch the joy, you watch the togetherness, you watch the, the communication open up more, the stories start to evolve. I want that feeling every week, every day. It just, it's so, it's warming. It feels good. So, so you got my wheels turning because when I was in the Marines, um, in the beginning stages, when I was a young Marine, they didn't ask us if we wanted to participate in Toys for Tots. We were voluntold. They just sent yeah. us. Yeah. So, and I didn't want to do it at first, but it was the after effect, you know, even during it, helping kids out that made me feel even more special and more great than being a Marine. There was stuff we did outside of the core, if you will. What I'm hearing, maybe, maybe you can just validate this, yeah. is in a typical 40-hour work week, you want to have them work less at GCS title, correct? do more for the community so that that 35 hours, you may actually be able to see more performance, more results from 35 hours than from 40 hours. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. By the way, the goal isn't 35. The real goal is work zero at GCS and give it all back wow. like that. Okay, cool. so that was, you know, listen, I was going to bring it all home with asking what some goals are. All I can say is your team has got to be fired up hearing goals like that. Yeah. Now, you know, we, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that most people on this listening in can't pay people five hours a week right now to do community work. However, I think that that could be something that's a ramp up for them. That could be something that perhaps they set that goal. Yep. But I know... Charlie, that's one of many goals you have. Yep. And, and while I know I can't, you can't share every single goal with the audience. Um, are there any goals that you have aside from that one that you could share that might inspire people to set a similar goal? Like what are your short-term or long-term goals that get you the most fired up, get you juiced up every day? What are you working towards to accomplish? I would just, honestly, it's just be a better person every single day. Be a better father. It starts at, and, and in my opinion, it starts on the home front. Yeah. Um, watching, I've had a, a, I'll say the transition during this journey of my identity as GCS and the sales guy and sales guy. And that's where my wins were as if someone used GCS. It is completely changed for me. My wins aren't title orders. My wins are teammates that are happy, Brody that's smiling, like communities that are served, that we're putting smiles and helping people outside these GCS sure. walls become better, become greater, um, to, to help grow them, both personally and professionally. I, I, I truly, honestly, I can it's not just a professional journey. This, this leadership development is personal. Take it home, practice it. It starts there. We need better leaders, younger leaders developing. Young. I mean, talk, we need to teach leadership in schools. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, there's that probably would, a few topics we can remove, but that would be one no. to add for sure. Yep. I you agree. Know what, 
what's interesting, Charlie, over the last hour or so, as we talk about achieving greatness, what you've done to achieve it, what you're doing to achieve it, even though you've owned a title insurance company for many years, yep. we did we not once mentioned title insurance as part of greatness. No. Nope. I mean, you mentioned title orders just a second ago, yep. but leading up to that, we talked about overcoming challenges. We talked about people, teams, traits, leadership. You know, if you could, if you could kind of wrap it all up and say to the audience, what's a recommended shift as we shift gears going into this transition, which is going to be a lot of unknowns. Do you have any words of wisdom for people as we embark on this new journey, not the great obstacle, but the great transition? Any, yeah. any thoughts on that? Cause you're in the, you're transitioning right now of just getting people back. Yep. I would say, honestly, Eric, it's, it start with leadership. It starts there. That's the foundation, the products, the services, that stuff will come invest in your people, invest in yourself. Um, just become better. And when that happens, your team just naturally elevates and, and it's fun to watch. It's, I think we're all so worried about these results on a product and services end. If you see the results out of your people first and you focus here, those become just so when you talk about magnified, they're magnified thousandfold. I agree. I would say that anybody that's listening right now that wants to magnify their performance, their people's performance, your, the performance of your business, want to magnify your results too, personally and professionally. What I'm hearing from Charlie is start with yourself and create that foundation of that's a good book from what I've heard, Charlie. It is a very good <laughs> book. And, I, and I'm telling you, one of the pages that stuck out to me is when, and I, and I would wrap this right here is I've used this a lot here recently. The last three months is you've got page 19. Your culture is exactly at the level of your tolerance for poor, for poor performance. A little tongue twister there. Um, all right. But right there, it, it starts with your culture. It starts with your culture. It starts with your people. I, I remember when I wrote the book and I was trying to put the essence of culture in there. And I wrote that I had to stop and absorb it. You know, that your culture is exactly at the level of your tolerance for poor performance. I feel like people accept too much poor performance these days. Would you agree with that? I a hundred percent agree. And I think that's why it resonates so much with me is when, when you made that statement again, that's the one that sunk in this last time around. I'm that's going, that lightning bolt. Bam. It is. It is. And, and I admit, what's weird is I've been through this now, Eric, this would be my third leadership link. Yeah. And that comment didn't stick the first two times around. And this time it was like, if that's all, if that's what I get and keep enhancing and elevating just that comment and focus on here, I, I tell you what, GCS will be greater than what we were 30 days ago, five days ago. There's no doubt about it. So we're going we're gonna to circle back at some point and we're going to find out how you're doing on these goals that you've been talking about. Because cool. I think that accountability side is important. I agree 100%. So Charlie, I just, hey, I just wanted to say thanks for joining us today. Thanks for being here uh, for the Think Great experience. Thanks for sharing your experiences. I think this is 
extremely valuable for people to know somebody that that owns a business that's been in business for a long time that has a team of people and that's putting them as a priority. Um, I, I don't believe we can achieve greatness without our people. You can't. Okay? And so that's why I, I was so glad when you said you'd be on the show ah. because I, I knew people would resonate with you. And I knew that you would offer some insights that somebody right now is saying, I can do that. Well, I'm telling you, you bring up such great examples and it's the, it takes teamwork. It takes a team to, to make and win championships. Not one player wins it. Michael Jordan, you bring up Michael. Michael Jordan did one of himself. Kobe Bryant did one of himself. Tom Brady, most recently, he doesn't win these championships without bringing his team together. It's huge. I mean, even, you know, he brought Gronk onto the Buccaneers, right? So, so, so you're finding these fits for culture. It's interesting because we see the need for teamwork. We see the need for coaching. We see the need for cohesion in sports. Yeah. And we'll, we'll cheer for teams that these people don't even know us. And then we go into the workplace where it really matters, where this is our living. And then we bring our enthusiasm levels down and act like, well, I, you know, I don't want to cheer for anybody. It's an interesting dynamic of how reserved we are in the workplace. I feel, I don't think the workplace needs to be more emotional. I think it needs to be more passionate. Agreed. Agreed. You're a team. It's, it's all coaching. It is, it is coaching. It's funny. Like you said it right there. Like we learned that in grade school how to yeah. be a part of a team we lose that somewhere along our journey and we become individuals and looking out for ourselves so i think that ties back in with you know one of the themes from today that i'm picking up on is let go of ego ego must go has to has you know to. my daughter's you know she's in gymnastics she's a competitive gymnast and it's not uncommon to hear these girls cheering each other on yelling out their names. Come on, you can do it. We believe in you. You got this. In the workplace, we, we almost box all that up and leave it at home. Yep. So what I'm hearing is we need to get more into coaching. We all need it. We need to focus on hiring people to our culture, developing, investing in us and our people. And we need to unleash some passion in the workplace. We do. We need I more don't think bell. you've ever can. What's that? We need more cowbell. Oh. We can always use more cowbell. I, I agree with that. So we're going to have the light bulb, the magnifying glass, and a cowbell for Think Great as our, as our icons, right? Could you imagine what you could accomplish when the light bulb goes off, when you magnify performance, and when you're ringing the cowbell because you hired somebody to your culture? Great things. Great. There's the trifecta of greatness. Yep. <laughs> hey, Charlie, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Thank it's you. always an honor to hear you to experience your enthusiasm and your passion. Your team is very fortunate to have you. Your clients are fortunate to have you. And I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to work with you guys. You're Thank awesome. you. I appreciate it, Eric. I look forward to this. Thank you very much for pulling this all together. I love this. And I can't wait to listen to the other leaders that you have on board here and learn. It's going to be a great experience. Thanks, Charlie. I love it. Thank you. Take care.